What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are going way back, 1989, one of the greatest years of hardcore ever, and we are making Super 7 playlists of songs from the year. It is super fun, and I think you're going to like it. Uh, There is a playlist for every episode, so if you want to see the songs we picked, you can check that out, 185milesouth.com. There is a playlist link at the top. But uh, spoiler alert, they are up there, so you might want to wait until you, after you listen to the episode. Also, if you go to 185milesouth.com, all our links are there. You can also smash that Patreon button. The Patreons are the people that keep this podcast alive, and I love them all to a person. But let's get on with the pod. One hundred and eighty-five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are doing a Super Seven for the year nineteen eighty-nine, and good God, what a year! George H. W. Bush he's sworn in as the president. The Galileo spacecraft is launched. The Game Boy is released. The Mega Powers explode. And somehow Hulk Hogan is still the baby face, even though he has lust in his eyes for Elizabeth. <laughs> Billions Gate 7-inch comes out. Shout out Squirrel. And there is so much good punk and hardcore this year. This thing was near impossible. Helping out. You know him. You love him. He is the best dressed man on the pod. He is Dan Sant. What's up, Dan? Yo, yo. Hey, I'm wearing Tsunami camo shorts. And you know what? At number one bastard, check out one of their songs. Handle business. Also helping out, there is no coincidence that his name rhymes with knowledge. It's Bedge. What's up, Ben? Fresh for 89, you suckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dan didn't do his what's going on, so you could do it, and then you didn't do it. <laughs> also helping out the man that needs no introduction and gets no introduction it is anthony Papalardo. what's up pops what's up everyone at the time of recording i'm just recovering from a long night at the met gala um with my more than fashion <laughs> suit that i put on making a statement but you know that that's going to be a long time past you'll have forgotten about this by the time uh you devour this pod hey vax the rich mm-hmm the pop stated two of these in a row. <laughs> God damn it. Um, well, right on. Hey, Ben, what's happening in 1989? Uh, it's like, it seems like, you know, hardcore starts somewhere around the very beginning of the decade. And then the scene just keeps splintering and splintering and splintering uh, until we get to today where you have like a hundred thousand micro scenes. But in 89 you still have these like very large splinters so you have that first wave of youth crew that youth of today kicked off and that was like peaking around this time revelation is still putting out lots of full-on straight edge hardcore records your crossovers really big all across the country as were like the thrash metal bands that they were taking influence from and then you have that moshi nyhc what i call where the wild things are uh, core bands like proto thug core kind of stuff that was taken off. I mean, that comp even came out that, in 89 
And then in the Bay Area, you have Lookout Records going strong, putting out bands that would be household names five years later. And bands with members of future household name groups. I'm trying my hardest not to name names here. Victory Records starts in 89. Um, the stuff that Zach calls New School, uh, which is sort of the Warp Tour template bands, really become crystallized with Epitaph going full steam and bands like that putting out records. Power Violence is starting to happen in California. Uh, melodic hardcore is still going strong. Discord's putting out a lot of great music that Zach considers alternative rock. And there um, were like a tiny handful of bands that started in the early 80s that are still putting out good records. Not many, but some. And um, so it's like not quite something for everyone, but for my taste, it was like an incredible year with so much stuff to choose from. In 1989, I was 11. And I was listening to punk records that were already a decade old, but I, I finally caught up at some point in the '90s and 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 got really into a lot of this stuff. So, um, a great year. I knew it was a great year. It was frightening putting this list together. How how many great records came out? Someone with a Skuldasack fade combo is yelling at his uh, at his headphones right now, saying, "The peak of Youth Crew is the summer of '87, bro." <laughs> but yeah hey dan you got anything on 89 great hip-hop great sneakers great snacks <laughs> <laughs> pop try to top that dude. yeah i can't do much i think um 89 is kind of a it's a little bit of a last hurrah for for a bunch of waves i think by 90 some bands are going on fumes and but also there's all these things that are really formative as Ben was saying, like power violence starting to form um, just a lot of, there's a, like hints of a lot of diversity that would come. And I think, yeah, it's a really strong, strong year where you could go so many directions and what, how you'd want to curate songs from this era. And um, yeah, it's just, it's an exciting time and I hope an exciting conversation. Yeah. We're going to hash it all out here. And uh, if y'all want to know the best of 1989, just pay attention to my list and vote for me when uh, we go to the voting on Instagram. Dan, can you explain the rules of the Super 7? First rule is, listeners, do not pander to the host's requests of voting for him. Second rule, we do a fantasy football-style draft where we've rolled dice, picked our numbers, and the order this time is me first, Zach second, Ben third, Anthony fourth. And what we do is first pick chooses a band, uh, not a band, chooses a song from a band. All that other band stuff is up for grabs, but that song is taken. Now we are employing a really cool new rule called follow the leader. So what happens if I choose band A and Zach has a song from band A on his list that he was going to pick? If he picks that same band and a different song by them, then it goes to Ben, and then he can do the same. But if Zach refuses to pick the same band, then he is not allowed to pick that band the entire rest of the rounds. Make sense? Absolutely. If uh, if Dan takes day-to-days off uh, S&M Airlines and I skip on Vanilla Sex or Drug-Free America – 
then I can no longer take a song off S&M Airlines. I thought you would have taken the Fleetwood Mac cover. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can go your own way. Do that, do that, do that, do that. Go your own way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Featuring Bad Religion as well. <laughs> Let's kick this off. We go to Dan for his first pick, which is, is anybody there by Alone in the Crowd? What's up? <laughs> well, you know, we got to go strategic. I'm trying to think, is there something that you are going to pick that will be so it can keep going around? And I'm going to take Gorilla Biscuits Competition. This is yeah. my favorite song on Start Today. I love the disco riff at the end. Um, I love what the song is saying. Um, we don't need to be in competition with each other. We really should build each other up. And here we are, you know, 30 years later, <laughs> and it still needs to be heard. Um, I think th the melodic nature of Gorilla Biscuits really thrives on this song because it's still a raging hardcore song. Um, especially the, the, when it kicks in right early on the verses. Um, but then it, it just has just such amazing musicianship. And then I love the in competition with you over the ring out. It's just gets you right in the fucking heart. Um, so competition by gorilla biscuits off start today. What do you think? I hate you. This was my pick. So <laughs> this might be the first time I have to vote for someone else for the best uh, Super 7 if it keeps going this way. Yeah, right. You know you need a song off start today. Well, I'm just saying this This is the song that I was going to pick. Uh, the whistling in the middle of the song. The Yes. I tried to transpose that on guitar and then build a song based on those notes. Like, by the way, I Reggie's ears just went crazy when uh, <laughs> I could steal from GB if I just play the the whistling part on the guitar and make a whole song around that. I tried that twice with two different bands over the last several decades. Didn't work. I couldn't do it. Um, everything about the song's great. The bass playing is great. If the bass uh, line sort of climbs up during the uh, uh, choruses, it's just a really man. It's a perfect song. It's perfect hardcore with a tinge of melody, right? The lyrics are so heartfelt and good, and it's relatable. Everything about it is good. I mean, I listened to Start Today probably three times leading up to this because I hadn't listened to it in a long time. It's like one of those records, like Can I Say, where I just don't really ever have a desire to listen to it because I've played myself out on it so much. And it is shocking, how great it still is. We need to do it on a side A, side B, because I actually think the B side might be better than side A, which is crazy. But yeah. uh yeah, killer song. Pops, what do you think? I think the entire record, um, you know, like at the time, if you would read reviews, sort of like people would mention Dag Nasty or something. I don't really hear Dag Nasty, I just hear melody. And I think What's kind of cool is every song has a little Easter egg or reference to something else, whether it's um, The Clash or like the Reignition Mosh. Um, it's just, it's cool. It's just, it's, they did something new in a, in a format that's difficult to do something new without going, kind of like going OD. And uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's the perfect marriage of, you know, good Mosh riffs when you need them, 
great melody. And <clears throat> I think, you know, songs that like every song hits you in a little moment, you know, and kind of like, it's, it's one of those ones when you hear it for the first time as a kid, it's, it's, it's stating things you're thinking about in a really fun and sometimes kind of articulate way that was, you know, a little less more about you do this, I do that, fuck you, da 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 you know? And it's a little more uh, introspective and you know, it sounds like a record someone wrote in their bedroom and then brought it to everyone and everyone said, that's exactly how I feel. And then it just rages. Yeah, I think the power of of Walter writing lyrics and music for this is really thinking about this holistically. And I think sometimes when 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 that happens, when there's one person in a band that kind of comes up with the entire movement, it and everyone else buys into it and falls in line and it's fantastic. But when it's one person's vision, sometimes it can be some of the strongest hardcore or punk songs out there. Yeah. I want to, I want to touch on pop saying fun, but articulate on the lyrics, because I think that actually musically it's like that as well. Cause if you listen to it, it's like, okay, it's, it's almost always fast verse, fast chorus, fast verse, fast chorus, breakdown. And then maybe it goes fast again. And there's a little melody in there. And so you think that this is like easy to copy and a ton of bands have tried and every single band in the history of hardcore after this is fucking whiffed, you know, because like, yeah, it's kind of fun music, but like it is articulate in the songwriting. Like there's something intangible there that is so good that like can't be grasped again. Yeah. Like, when you, when you do it, when the novice tries to do this, it becomes like, like this is proto amazing core in a way because of all the octaves and you know, the um, like picked riffs over it. And it's like, you have to have that in your palette. You have to really like those bands. Like it, in some sense, like do, can I tell that, that Walter was also playing along to REM the Smiths? Yeah. Do they have ringy riffs like that? No. But in the way that he's like adding to what's going on and actually the two guitars are doing something, it's more than just like, okay, cool. Um, Jimmy edge start hitting the octaves, you know? And like, I think that's what a lot of people take out of it just because that's the easy takeaway. And also too, you know, them recording the record multiple times, taking multiple cracks at the vocals. And I think like back to the Easter egg thing, every song has a unique moment that, doesn't overlap and makes them all stand out. Even if it's something vocally like a cracking in the voice or a certain line that, you know, the phrasing's interesting. And yeah, again, that's just all songwriting, right? And it's, yeah, doesn't it absolutely. Have- oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because it's, it's very similar in the way that victim in pain, most of the songs are the same when you look at them, if you were going to break them down on paper, but why do they all stand out and have their moments? And why is it like, one of the greatest LPs of all time. It's the exact same thing here on start today. Sorry. Vocal, vocal phrasing. That's the main thing. I think mm-hmm. you don't have Siv going, you know, he's like, it's the, the phrasing of the vocals is broken up in such a way that it makes every song, all the lyrics memorable. Like the lyrics are good to begin with, mm-hmm. but the way in which they're presented, it doesn't blend in with the music that's happening behind it. It stands out. And it might have the best singular placed backup ever. No, it's not true. 
It's yep. So fucking. I just got goosebumps saying that part. So there you go. Well, right on. I'm going to take advantage of the new rules of the Super 7 and take. Dun, 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 dun. I'm taking a loan in the crowd. Is anybody there? Oh! Uh, Self titled 7 inch, 1989. I'm folding my GB cards to take this song to uh, punish Daniel for not taking minor threat in the Super 7 of Straight Edge. This song, good God, man. Perfect hardcore song. What do you think, Daniel? I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. How do I live in a world that this is not on my list? I tried to see, I knew this, this whole new rule was just to screw me. (laughs) But think about it this way, Dan, he, Zach under these new rules cannot pick a gorilla biscuit song. He fucked himself. I know he had new direction right there. I had new direction, but I'm taking this one and, Dan, if you wanted this so bad, you could have taken it. You got the number one role. Yeah, you're right. I tr- I out th- outthought myself again, and yeah, this is the best song in 1989. So, you know, vote for Zach, but, people. But by the time I've amassed my seven songs, it will be superior. <laughs> we will watch see. this space. We will see. Uh, ben, are you going to take in a little on the crowd song, or are you going your own way? Like uh, no effects in 1989. <laughs> this is a tough one. This is, I guess, I'm gonna not take an alone in a crowd song, which means I can take any song by any band, even if I have GB on my list. Yep. Oof. All right. Here's what I'm gonna take because I'm afraid Anthony Papalardo might have this one. Anger Battery by Verbal Assault. I already knew. we talk to each other way too much we know each other yeah this is the um this is the first song on their uh 12 inch ep on um which i believe was self-released on groove records i think that's the band themselves Mm -hmm. yeah it was okay um what a great song they're just they're getting a little bit more rock here they're coming off of the tiny giant seven inch and the trial lp and they're they're just bringing the riffs and also they're bringing that sort of political political lyrics without bashing you over the head with them um and just powerful singing and um the first time i ever heard this song was Steve Aoki playing it for me in his bedroom while doing uh pretending to stage dive on his own bed. Like, listen to this. Whoa. <laughs> and I'm just like, you're a nerd, but God damn, this song is good. Um, so God, what more can be said? Verbal assault. They're, they're getting back together actually. So maybe I might see them. I doubt it. They're probably only going to play the East coast. Who knows? Anybody have thoughts on verbal assault? Well, we should yeah. just this just got re-released, so it can be on the playlist, which is awesome. Yeah, just and, uh, got re-released. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. about a month or so ago, and this is awesome. I'm so glad it's out there. One of my favorite bands of all time. Obviously, I mean, I guess not. Obviously, Trial is my go-to, but all this stuff all the way through Exit, I love it all. Pops, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say two little notes, um, and I'm I'm citing where this info comes from, just so I'm not talking out of my bum. But when I interviewed Chris Jones for the radio sounds book, 
he was he really wanted to highlight that the vocals the vocal production not necessarily delivery was influenced by public enemy as far as like layering and punctuating the vocals i think uh on the track exile you hear it a little more i thought that was interesting and then uh i don't know if this was one of the first hardcore cds i had and i don't know if anyone else did this but i always reversed the cover so it was just the cover of the cd was the cool ass va logo rather than the kind of uh mysterious guy version that it really came out with but so when i see this thing in my head i just see that logo in a little five by five yeah that's sick that's sick <laughs> public enemy that's a good year 1989 is a good year for them too because they that's when fight the power came out and how do i how will i never forget that because the first lyric is 1989 <laughs> <laughs> right on Pops, well, take and also me? verbal assault, like at the last line, he goes, "Yo, Terminator X, take me." <laughs> <laughs> Pops, are you going to take verbal assault, or uh, you going your own way? Um, as much as I'd like to continue the assault, I'm gonna I'm gonna go my own way. Um, I'm just double checking something here. Okay, so track I'm gonna go with, and I don't think. I don't know how long this convo is going to keep going. You know, it's hard. It's hard to think of this track without wanting to recreate the scat in the beginning, but that would give me idiot shivers. And it's really cool. Not in the way that like corn would do it, but I'm going with the soul craft. Cause that is the, uh, it's one of the births of like groove hardcore that isn't embarrassing. And it kind of came out of nowhere. It's like, do these guys still have juice? And to to start off a song in that in that start your record that way, um, it's just a ripping tune. Now, a caveat: I'm going to say, do I like a lot of things influenced by this tune and the genre that it, the genres it created? Maybe not, but I just I just think like you have this song that's so in the pocket. The video is wild, um, and it's kind of like these innovators doing something new and yeah, if the whole record sounded like that, it wouldn't work. But I, I just, I love that track and it's, you know, it's about as deep as I get in the catalog before I start tuning out, but um, I'm going to fly the soul craft for my pick. And right then, on. And then just for everyone to clarify, this is the bad brain song soul craft off the LP quickness comes out in 18 or 1989 Caroline records. Ben, you got anything on this? Yeah, this is the last great bad brains album. And I know this is a very unpopular opinion, but I like this album just a little bit more than Eye Against Eye. Um, crazy. Yeah, is it that is crazy. Lack of, lack of reggae? Is that, is that what it is? Less reggae percentage? I think the Eye Against Eye B-side sort of is lackluster. The, it starts out so strong. And this one has great, you know, way, way, way deep into the B-side, you have Silent Tears, which is a great song that no one really ever talks about. But yeah, Soulcraft, great pick. Um, what's the one? Voyage Voyage into Infinity is the one where they took an intro from a previous record and then actually made a whole song out of it. I think, right? Yeah, the Eye Against Eye intro. Which... Yeah. And and when I mentioned earlier about how there are a very small handful of bands from the previous generation of hardcore who are still putting out good records in. 1989 this is one of the two or three bands that i had on my mind so so truth be told how many people how many times did y'all listen to this before you knew it was mackie playing drums 
uh, just learned it. <laughs> I was told. Uh, well, here I was told to stay away from quickness when mm-hmm. I was when I was you know being handed down Bad Brains record in the very early nineties. I was told to stay away from quickness that it was a debacle and a Travisham mockery. But later on, someone said, "Yo." You should check out Quickness. What are you doing? You know, blah, blah, blah. And Mackie plays drums. So I knew Mackie was playing drums before I heard the record. Hell yeah. All right, Dan, are you taking a song off Quickness or are you starting this all over? <laughs> I'm starting us all over. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, it, I feel like I've been stabbed in the back by this rule. So, God, I'm going to. I'm gonna come I, out I believe swinging. that's from a 1987 LP. Uh, we're in yeah. 89. <laughs> that's right. Um, I'm going to take this to maybe keep the conversation going on this band and also break some hearts and also buff my list with a fucking banger. <laughs> Leeway, rise and fall. Woo! I want to kill um, you. That was on my list too. <laughs> Arguably the hardest intro that is referenced as the hardest intro ever. And it is, I mean, it is very uh, much a musical juxtaposition to the way most of the songs flow on this LP. So it comes in like, cinder blocks being bashed over your head before you're like kind of running around the track for the rest of the record, you know? Um, I, it's just incredible. And it is for me, it's the best leeway song and the pinnacle of what this, uh, what would be termed as crossover sounds like, um, that intro is played by, many different people many different bands all over the world as like well you know if we play this at least people are going to move their shit to that if they don't even like our songs <laughs> you know so um it, there's a reason that happens because this makes you want to Kool-Aid man through a wall and say oh yeah as you're smashing somewhere <laughs> over the head with a bat right it used to be ruined by every band though cuz they would play it too fast I wonder now that like more people have embraced like the slow mosh. If when bands cover it now, if they actually do it the right tempo, because yeah, this like, loses all its feeling if you do it too fast. Definitely, but also you've got to make the bass somewhat inaudible <laughs> first. <laughs> do you know what I mean? To like play the bass player has to play really low, so you're like, "What is that?" And then, bam, bam, bam. And uh yeah, it's fucking sick. And in the um in the uh <laughs> Crow Maggers, when AJ is playing with them, it's it's fucking sick because it's his riff just playing this intro for them is fucking awesome. Yeah, I think this maybe bands playing it now is cooler because in the nineties bands had less hair and now you you can have like a poodle hair dude who wears his guitar kinda high. Adding to the crunch, so shout out Greg. Yeah. 
Sorry, Anthony. I no, wanted, no. Yeah, I wanted to get that zing zing in. No, for sure. I mean, it is. It's a vi- it's a visual. It's a it's three sixty thing. Um, the only thing I would add to this is just that Leeway is one of those bands that if you were describing them to me as a young Edgeman, there's no way you could describe it to me as cool. But you see them, and it makes because you know you're like, oh, they're kind of a crossover band, but they're more New York hardcore. The singer can really sing. And you're like, so Anthrax, nah, next. But then you see them or you just hear this record and it's it's one, of the, it's one of those rare albums, kind of like Start Today, where you're in it for the whole thing from the first note and you want to see where it goes. And, and you know, however many plays later, it, it holds up. Yeah, well, it goes from this song into Mark of the Squealer, which really you could say Anthrax. Like... That song is very um, of the time thrash, you know, with the mm-hmm. the real high parts. But then, as the album unfolds, it goes it deeper into the NYHC vein, you know. This is the best intro of all time. It's so good, and you know, people forget to mention that it comes back in as the breakdown. Yeah, and uh, but the best leeway breakdown is on Desperate Majors. The song "Stand For." Good God, you know. Was that, that in 89? Insane. What's that? I said, did that come out in 89? That came out in 91. Just <laughs> We're talking leeway, man, because uh, I'm going to move on. And I am going to take. This is wild. What? I just, want, just I want my shit, dude. I'm just deciding. <laughs> it's just wild. Uh, I am going to take. Okay. The LP comes out in 1990. But they put out this song on a seven inch in 1989. I'm taking Poison Idea just to get away. When people talk about the greatest rock and roll songs of all time, you know, Rose Tattoo, you know, fucking. Uh, Who are these nice people? <laughs> just the people, the, the people, man. Yeah, you know, okay. Nice Boys, Guns N' Roses, It's So Easy, you know, like these great rock and roll songs. This one is right there. It's like, it makes you feel so wild. Like, I want to go run with a pack of wolves. I want to, like, drive my truck out in the desert and just throw beer cans out the window. Like, this song is a perfect rock and roll song that foos in, like, Rolling Stone and shit should be writing about. You know, but they missed it because they never caught the hardcore Holy Ghost. They never got the secret handshake. They're a bunch of fucking losers. I'm taking Just to Get Away by Poison Idea, one of the greatest songs of all time. And uh, it comes out on their LP the next year, uh, Feel the Darkness. But here it is in 7-inch form. Uh, ben, I know you're not going to carry on because there's only one other song on the 7-inch. It's a cover. But how do you feel about this song and band? It, it made my honorary mentions honorable mentions, which is the correct term. Anyway, this is a great song. This is probably my favorite Poison Idea song. People who know me really well know that I don't like Poison Idea as much as I'm supposed to. But this is it. And and the way you described it is perfect. It's totally one of those like almost like motorhead-ish, like get on the motorcycle and, you know, fuck the world kind of songs right off into the sunset. And and um, yeah, it just rules. Great pick. Dan, why are you so mad, dude? Me? Yeah, you were mad that I didn't take a leeway song. I just think it. It's off brand. We we can go back to the old <laughs> rules next episode. <laughs> keep pouting. It's cool. All right. Hey, I, w- I wouldn't be who I am without a few pouting and throwing my toys out the pram. 
Well, you got the cutest dog in the world to snuggle. So, like, you're going to feel better at the end of this. That's true. Yeah. All right, Ben, let's go to you for your number two pick. Well, I'm going to go with something someone might have. Um, This would be fucking wild if Zach doesn't pick a song by this band. But at the rate he's going, that might be the case. (laughs) Bad Religion, I Want to Conquer the World, No Control LP, Epitaph Records, 1989. It's just like, like one of the most glorious songs of just kind of addressing all the problems and corruption and, and hypocrisy in the world and just being like, fuck it. I want to run the world because I'll do it right. Obviously it's tongue in cheek, or maybe it's not obvious to some people it's tongue in cheek. Greg Graffin doesn't want to, or I can't remember, even remember which one wrote it between Graffin and Gerwitz. Whoever wrote it does not want to be the dictator of the world, but it's saying like, you know, if I had things my way, we'd have peace on earth and save the whales and, you know, expose the corporates and feed them to the children. And it, it it's kind of, it's a standout song on a standout album by a standout band. Uh, any thoughts on bad religion? I want to conquer the world. It's a perfect song, dude. It starts just how I want a bad religion song to start with a fucking lead, you know, like a perfect tasteful lead into like a super drivey verse. Good God, this is a perfect song. I'm bummed. I want it on my list. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Pops, are you going to take a Bad Religion song? I'm not going to. Uh, God, I, I love this record and I love that song, but I'm going to go a different direction if I may. But I feel like we, I feel like we, we don't want to put a, um, we don't want to put Bad Religion to bed. I just think, like right this second, I, I just want to add that you know, sometimes there are these bands that are, they're canon. They're just such a part of the conversation that you, you forget how great they are. And those are the bands that you need to go back and be like, I haven't heard that in a minute and sit down with the whole thing. And if you can play it side, a side B actual vinyl, I know that sounds hokey, but it's kind of a different experience when you're anticipating having to flip the record or you might sit down with the lyrics, but you know, it's, it's kind of like when I got that group sex reissue, even if that's only like a, eight minute experience, but you know, you or the, the crew reissue, like it, it, in, in a funny way, even though I've heard those records so many times, hearing them one more time in a different context is really nice and really special. And I think, um, yeah, it's for me, bad religion were like one of the first bands of like cerebral punk that turned me on to something so interesting. And yeah, maybe it's pseudo intellectual, but whatever. You're also like, 15 it doesn't have to get that deep man but you know you feel like uh they're one of those bands you kind of feel like you're you're onto something when you find that band even you know i I can't describe it but it it definitely has like a a unique connection it's not like they're not singing about really obvious topics and they do it in a really cool way where as ben said like is it tongue-in-cheek is it serious does it matter um but no go ahead I, I I agree with you, Anthony. There's a there's a thing about going back and checking out these things that are evergreen, you know, in lots of people's collections, or have been cast aside by tons of people because of all of the bands that were influenced by them, then that put out garbage. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like Bad Religion, unfortunately, gets looked over by many people because of of what that style that they perfected birthed. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, yeah, it would be like saying the Rolling Stones are trash because there's some like bad '80s metal band that was emulating them or something. You know, it's like you can't you can't write it off. Good work is good work, and influential work is in, influential work. And I think if you go back to it with a clear head, a clear mind, and whatever other positivity you want to have, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, this is a Mr. Brett song, and I'm not going to speak on it that much because I'm taking a Bad Religion song. So, uh, Dan, there's a spoiler for you, so you can fuck me if you need to. So, uh, we, so we can be friends again. <laughs> Pops, let's go to you for yours. All right, where am I going to go? Okay, well, this record, this record as an actual record suffers from, I guess, the only, I remember reading this word back in the day, not when it came out, but reading it in a fanzine, and it was called a chintzy recording. And I do think it's a chintzy recording, but when a song is this fucking good, when a song captures exactly what New York hardcore is and it's done with a delivery like this, it oh, could be no. recorded anywhere I'm going. Underdog from the vanishing point back to back. It's yeah. basically a theme song. Um, it's, it's so, it's such a declaration. Like if you are the underdog in your school, if you are the underdog at your job, you almost want to go to work in like a black shirt says, you know, you take no shit and white letters on the front that you got at the state fair. It's just such a fucking, like, it's such a perfect fuck you. And Richie's, um, Richie's vocals are, you know, just great. He's a unique singer. And I think it's, it's one of the best underdog songs. Um, unfortunately it's just, you know, that record, you know, I think we talked about this. If that thing's recorded at Normandy sound, maybe that's a different conversation or, you know, it just needed to be beefier. It didn't deliver, but still classic tune. And that's what I have underdog back to back. Yeah. It's a tragedy that it's not recorded in Normandy. And I've never been able to get past this recording. You know, I, I have it on vinyl. I've tried like listening to it a bunch of times and I enjoy the record, but it's just, it doesn't grab me like the demos do. Cause they sound like how my dumb brain needs things to sound. Dan, what's your take on this? epic um this is this is just yeah it's grade a backbone core you know (laughs) it's the thing that gives you that titanium spine that i always talk about there are certain songs that just make you feel a thousand foot tall and like empowered this is one of them um and it's coming from someone who you knew could fucking stand up for what they were saying too. Like if anyone stepped to him, um, that's just an added little bonus of it. You know, there's no fakery there. He's just, just, yeah. Take no shit. I, I like, I like what you said there because it is, uh, you know, they talk about it in sports. Every good team has the irrational confidence guy. Like you hear this song, you you're the same person, you're the same person before you heard it, but now you have this irrational confidence just because, you got blessed by Richie and uh, it does, it gives you that titanium spine. It's really funny. Yeah. And underdog, no more. <laughs> Incredible Love song. It. It's like, there. it's like, th- it's like the sequel to stand up by minor thread or going to have to fight by SOA. There's a lot of songs like this in the hardcore world, but this one, this one nails it. it it's like, uh, I mean, he says the name of the band in the lyrics. <laughs> exactly. Love it. Hey, I, I love bands that do that. Me too, dude. 
I love it. It's one of the tropes I love. Dan, <laughs> you gonna take? <laughs> yeah, Dan, you gonna take uh, underdog? Or are you are you starting this out? No, I'm gonna forge a new path, and I'm gonna break even more hearts right now. And I am taking Bright Side by Killing Time. Yeah. Um, I you know was toying with Backtrack, toying with Bright Side, but the thing that I love about Bright Side is that. I don't even know how to describe it, but the way it has like a downward spiral of a riff, um, it, it just kind of is a little bit discordant, a little bit weird, but it's so hard with the singing over it. I, it's This is New York hardcore, like underlined exclamation point. This is what New York hardcore sounds like, you know? Um, I really love lyrically what it's saying too, because it is, it's kind of doing, it's in the same scene as Gorilla Biscuits, right? So GB is kind of putting that positive spin on, on, um, elements of, of experience and society and stuff that they're dealing with, but giving it more the, you know what? if you look within and you do things, you know, you can get by, like it's giving you that kind of like pat on the back thing. This is more like, yo, life fucking sucks. But you know what? The only thing you can do is, is pull yourself out of it and look on the bright side. Like it, it's so fucking great. It is. It's when you're the most down, that little glimmer of light is there through the hardest like experiences and this song kind of captures that perfectly can we kind of suss out the cover of this record because i always felt a big disconnect like there's an old dude he looks scared i'm assuming it says fuck on the door but it's ck could be luck maybe i don't know but like uh it could be it could be what zach yes that's true um but I always thought like there's just these records like, you know, the infest record, right? Like where what you're seeing just doesn't match how awesome the music is. And I'm not, I'm not being critical, but I feel like the the cover of bright side was a big whiff. Well, I think it is Calvin Klein looking (laughs) out the door after he got busted for all those sexual innuendos. And that's the, it's just a little bit of a predictive uh, mm-hmm. artistic rendering i love the cover i think it it like gives it kind of a street feel yeah you know? and it, it matches the music so and I, it's one of those ones where we've talked before like when i look at bringing it down that album cover looks sick and then you look at it more and you're like wait a minute <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of similar to that in the way that like when i just look at it i'm like that that looks dope plus i'm a sucker for bluish i don't know if it's like a dark gray or if it's like a muted blue blue yeah blue tones do you know what i love too is like i've taken leeway which has the you know the total like monster version of da vinci's uh man (laughs) which is on on the thing and then the killing time has like the dude on the on the clock which has a very similar you know kind of like imagery yeah, now I saw it's like what getting shot in the like the arrow is the arm or whatever like of the clock. 
something very tragic about it. Yeah, it's like he's been <laughs> impaled, and it's yeah. like a chalk outline almost. Yeah. It's thank cool. you for thank you for picking a song that isn't on my list. Finally. <laughs> also, bands with two people named Anthony in them are cool. Just putting that out there. <laughs> yeah. Um well, Dan, well, you Tony, got me. Tony, Tony, Tony. There you go. That must be your <laughs> yeah. favorite band ever. It has to be. <laughs> Dan, you, you roped again. me in. You roped me in. Um, right, I have to take a Killing Time song. I wanted to take something else this round because I'm scared I won't get it. But, yeah, I can't do my list without Killing Time. Straight up. And I really want to take new release because I love it so much. And I'm going to tell you why I love it. And then I'm going to take something else because that's what I do. <laughs> but new, no new release is so wild when you think about it, because like it's so bouncy on the verse and then it gets all like emotional on like the next part. I don't know. It's not a traditional song structure. Like there's a little lead going and like it kind of gets emotional in like a sad way. Almost. It's so ill. They tuck so much into the song and then it's only like a little over a minute. I was looking at it today. I was like, what new release is only like a minute, 10 minute, 20. Like, what the fuck? And it's a demo song. It's a raw deal song. And it, it's cool. Like, the emotions of the song give me, like, I really think that Judge Bringing It Down and Killing Time Brightside are, like, those two 1989 LPs that are kind of, like, companion pieces in a way. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of the same, like, it's that nice, new, big-sounding recording that's, like, flipping the switch. Again, like, dudes that are getting, like, introspective, but it's still hard. You know, it, it's just so ill, but because it's there, I'm taking a backtrack. Perfect hardcore song. Yeah. What's up? It's got it all. You're moshing. You're singing along. Is It's everything. It's straight up perfect. Like, I don't know what to say. Listen to it on the playlist and agree with me. Um, Dan, how, how hard was it for you to decide between the two? Because, again, I might have gone Brightside as well, and I could have gone Wall of Hate, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And even more, you know, but. I feel like I, I went bright side just because we've discussed the raw deal demo in the past and that m- musical part that I'm talking about, like the, that's just the part that I am as a non-musician <laughs> find it very hard to um, describe that, that dissonant part, not to interrupt that dissonant yeah. part on bright side is definitely like a dude who had a, a Celtic Frost record and was like, that would be cool, but they did it their way. So it's not like, it doesn't, it sounds original, but like that's, it kind of feels like, yeah, there's, there's a metal vibe here, but not a corny metal vibe. Yeah. You know? Are you just, are you talking about the hammer-ons on the chorus pops? Yeah. The Yeah, exactly. Okay. Right on. Yeah. I mean, that part's magical, but I've met, um, that guy, Carl, who was the guitar player of Raw Deal and this. And uh, he's, yeah, he is like just as much a metalhead as he is like a core dude, you know, especially more so these days. Um, And yeah, I think you sum that up nicely. But what I love about Backtrack, like just to get back on track, (laughs) (laughs) is... um, the one step forward, two steps back, like just the, the summing up of what the verses are about in a, such a simple way, but so engaging for 
anyone who is seeing you for the first time, by the second time that chorus comes around, you're up front singing along, grabbing the mic, you know, mm-hmm. and it and it is so like evocative of what it feels like to self-sabotage you know well i think there's two things to say there first off i want to say it's so ill like the bands that get to be like first to market with like a generic phrase right one step forward two steps back people probably been saying that for a hundred years before it got put in a hardcore song Mm -hmm. but like you can't take it now they got it they wrote a classic out of it so it's like they're there they got to do it you know like you can't have a song that says fed up in it like as the (laughs) chorus i'm fed up but like judge did it. It's like, that's so ill. Like they got it first, you know, they even added thing, to it fed the fuck up. That's <laughs> right. With an exclamation in the middle of fed up. What's up. <laughs> but the other thing I want to say about this is the low key positivity, right? So one step forward, one step forward, one step forward, two steps back. It's positive every time. Yeah. So what's up? Because that's, uh, you're, you're netting one step forward. Every Correct. Time. So uh, it's yeah, like I, life is life is knocking you down, but you got to keep moving forward because you're making progress, man. And and, and I had to I had to count you. I had to count the number of steps forward and back for a, tri- a one eight five trivia question because I do the <laughs> yeah. Zach wrote this knew. fucking question and I had no, but it hasn't aired yet, and I don't know when it's going to happen. Oh fuck! Yeah. Come on, fuck! Yo, I want to add one more mark. thing. I want to add one more thing to this that there are a few vocalists that got harder in their career and better. So you think like token entry, Anthony Communale to killing time, raw deal. That's, that's a pretty ill progression, you know, like, and I I remember, I think it was on the shout out to the blackout podcast, mad at the world where they, I think it was Carl had said, like, we were kind of wondering what this dude was going to do because token entry was kind of sing songy. And then he came in like a new, like literally like a new dude. And just in one second, they were like, yep, that's the guy. So I think that's kind of, I can't think of many instances like that where it's so successful and powerful. Are they discussing the fact that they like went from breakdown to do raw mm-hmm. deal and then we're bringing him in? Yes. And, and kind of being like, it, the way they framed it up was that Anthony was the man. He was like the scene you know, stalwart or whatever. Yeah. And, but they were like, is this going to work? And then he came in with a totally new vocal style and blew them away. And yeah, I think, I think there's very few examples of, of, of doing something like that. And actually your later work being the thing you're, you're known for. That sounds like, uh, like a cool podcast to check out. Yeah. Everyone, we break down the breakdown demo and the raw deal demo on i believe episode 141 so check that out uh ben you taking a killing time song or are you starting this off again i'm starting this off again but uh all this new york hardcore has got me thinking maybe i should pick a band from the area but not too close i'm going long island i'm going we talking about eric b and rock <laughs> Yeah, rock him. Eric B's from Queens. But this is a band that I believe is metalheads playing hardcore because sometimes hardcore kids playing metal doesn't doesn't work out too well. But Beyond. Oh, uh, don't do it to me, Ben. Beyond <laughs> has a song called Effort. And oh. if you if you put it on Spotify 
for some reason they link ancient head to it um like it's one track so that's what's going to go on the playlist so two for the price of one but i'm really picking it because effort to me sounds like minor threat with double kick drum like it really sounds like this could be a minor threat song but then when they go beyond beyond and you hear it's like woo that's a little spicy that's a little value added uh part in there compliments of Alan Cage, one of the greatest drummers of all time. And then, you know, Tom Capone, incredible guitarist, and uh, Vic DeCara on bass. So it's almost like a super group before they became super. Um, what a great album. No Longer at Ease is the name of the album. Great album, repressed by Rev, so everyone can go get it. You don't got to give the original. We don't judge, dude. Just have the music or listen to it on Spotify. It's and also... Shout out Kevin Egan for his um his beyond sort of documentary. Um it's a, it's hard to describe. It's not really a documentary. It's kind of the story of Beyond through his eyes and uh it's starting to show okay, I don't want to date the pod, but it, it, it will be showing at different theaters and you can get it on demand. And if you're a Beyonder, you definitely want to peep that. Yeah. Dan, why do you get scared? I may or may not have a song on my list that I thought Ben was about to take. <laughs> well, we'll see if Pops takes it. Pops, what's your number three pick? All right. Well, um, I'm not going to go with Beyond. No disrespect to Beyond, but I just feel like now that I can turn the tide, I don't want to disappoint people. So I'm going to go for Chain of Strength Letdown. Because in the classic, um, you know, the hardcore trope of talking shit on the generation before you, I just think I could pick any song on this record. I figured we'd open up the conversation, but I can't really uh, talk about 1989 and a certain style of hardcore that I love without picking Chain of Strength. And I just like, I like how this song kicks off. I like the energy of it. The breakdown, yikes. It's just, I mean, we probably, what, there's seldom uh, an episode where this band doesn't get talked about, but I'm going to open it up with that. Yeah, I'm pissed because Dan's going to get true till death. But, uh, yeah, I don't want it, man. That song's cool, but that's like, you hear true till death and you just think about corny bands covering it. They're like, kind of, they're doing like a struggle set and they're like, okay. Sucking wind coming out. We got one more left. This one's called. And you're just like, and they always fucking play it wrong and shit. And you're like, all right, fucking stand true. Like, it's not happening tonight. You ain't selling no demos. So, well, you know what? It doesn't change what that song is on that seven. <laughs> you ain't selling no demos. <laughs> stand oh, X shit. true. There's an X in the middle. Exactly. You're like, is that song, that last song you played on the demo? Is that, you? no, nah, man, but it's cool. You know, like, nah, it's not cool, my man. Well, <laughs> if they, if their last name was to life, they would have said, yeah, man. <laughs> anyway, let down fucking amazing. Allegedly about Kevin seconds. Um, the scream let down to, to open the song is so fucking ill. Um, what a fucking amazing song. Was that uh, Frosty uh, cracking a beer right before he wrote True Till Death? Only that when was, I'm thirsty. That was the I, I think that was the dude from Blast. Fuck that song, yeah. man. 
<laughs> That's my heart. I mean, your animal put some respect on Frosty's name. You got to say it does. It certainly sounds like a human being that's let down the way he's screaming and like, and just with the, that's a lot of authority. Like how, how old do we think Curtis was when he recorded that 18, 19 or something? Probably yeah. before he became a badge, happy cop shout out. Uh, <laughs> I just think VD rules, dude. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, it, but let down is the best chance to breakdown for sure. It's great. Uh, my favorite is never understand. As yeah, know. but that's like a, that's a funky breakdown. Like yeah. you're you're skipping around and you're skanking. Like letdown is like you're smashing foos. I mean, yeah, what Pop says, like the, I just want to believe you so bad, but you know it. Ah, oh, it's so good, and you know this is these are not necessarily fully developed tropes at the time but these are building blocks of what any band that sounds like this is going to have a song that is about this speaking from not speaking from experience of sounding just like them but being a fan of it and doing a band that's fast and somewhat melodic and having many you let me down songs no it's hey, two of the greatest hardcore seven inches ever like you can't touch it because yeah. You can't touch Bratton and you can't touch Curtis's voice. Yeah. Right. And like the, the songwriting, the song, yeah. The songwriting goes from like just really intense, like old hardcore, but with like that insane drumming that makes it sound so chunky into like some of the greatest hardcore songwriting ever on the second seven inch. Yeah. And if you're talking like lyrics and tropes, when you hear this record and dude drops like a earful of promises, that's fucking as good as Walt Whitman for me at that age. You know, I'm like, you stretched it just enough, my man. Like it's, I don't know that it's kind of like GB. Like there's something they're doing where they're not competing with each other, but they're all like, they're all going for it. Everyone in the band is going for it, but they're just, they just know how to stay out of each other's way. And there, there's something like you can't, you can't explain to a civilian that these songs are catchy. You know, if you play this for your mom, there's like, ah, but yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're, you're like, no, what are you, what are you talking about? It's like the catchiest thing ever. You're like, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> but if you're, you know, if you're, if, if you have developed a youth crew palette, you know, this is like, this is a prime cut. It's just, it's just that much better. You hear it, you remember it. You want to listen to it again. If you don't own it, you're asking your, your friend to copy it because it's in your head. It's like these earworms. And I think that's, I don't know. You don't, there, there's no, as formulaic as people can say this band is, there's no formula to recreate it the way they did it. So there's something, you know, there is that, that bit of like secret sauce in there that you can't recreate. Well, you're right. right. The secret right. sauce is the fact that you're saying this is blunt, direct, aggressive, you fucked me over or you basically are a fraud. But there are those poetic lines throughout, like you said, an earful of promises you so you know sold yourself for nothing. That's a really nice poetic turn. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I think we put the seven inches head to head on episode one hundred thirty seven. I could be wrong, but uh, someone chimed in and said what makes Chain of Strength so special is each dude in the band like gets space to breathe. Yeah, and I thought that was mm-hmm. like pretty brilliant. And like that yeah. is that is kind of the secret sauce because if you're a modern band and you're trying to like give people room to breathe, like it might 
not go like the wild way. It might go like the boring way. And somehow like these are just like apex players where it's like, all right, here's the drum fill time. So the guitars are ringing out. Oh, here's the yell time. So we're ringing out. Here's like the time for like the, the singing to be intense. So the drums are playing it straight. Like it's just so wild. Like what goes into these like songs that you think are kind of simple, but they're actually like really intricate in knowing when to like step forward and step back. Yeah. If if you, I think that's what I was like alluding to and saying that people aren't getting in the other person's way. It's if you really strip it out, like it's five, it's these personalities, right? And they're all being themselves at the same time. And it coalesces into something really cool. Whereas like if someone in there was like doing something off the program, if they were actually doing something like trying to do something else, it probably doesn't work, but it just feels like I hate the A word, but it does feel pretty authentic, maybe not plugged in all the time, but that's still cool too. You know, like <laughs> it is authentic, amazing and awesome. What's up, Dan, mm-hmm. are you taking true till death or, uh, you saving it for me? Well, you know what you said, you never understand. it shouldn't be taken <laughs> too seriously. You don't want to I, never understand, dude. I'm taking true till death by chain of strength because I want everyone listening right now to divorce the part of your mind that is so familiar with this song and try and experience it anew because it's incredible, this song. Um, The you said, like the way that the songwriting is formed with the accusational tones with everyone joining in on it, um, the the amazing like we take it for granted has the edge gone dull when it's referencing straight edge and it's referencing a second generation of straight edge and looking back at people that maybe cast it aside and and when you're young and you're edge and it matters the whole world comes down to that x on your hand this is the kind of vibe you feel and the line that i just have to say that is just completely overlooked because you've heard it a million times, but to you, it was just music, but to us, it was so much more. If that doesn't sum up the feeling of being 100% headfirst into hardcore. And in this case, 100% into straight edge hardcore, it, it absolutely defines what feeling will you know when you throw a when you throw a a rock into a lake and you see all those you know reverberations of the water coming out that this is like one of those parts that just really just absolutely lucidly tells you what it means to be like head first into hardcore and this song is incredible the sing-alongs are perfectly crafted the music is fantastic. Yeah, there are a bunch of weirdo bands that do it huffing and puffing and play it too fast. But divorce all of that from your mind and experience this for the first time again. And, you know, it it will blow you away. Dan, you, you made you- a you made a great point. I think Great, great bands in hardcore make declarations. They're not trying to please everyone. So it's, it's not, we're doing this, we're doing that. It's like, 
you did this well to us. And when, when you make that, when you make that, you get that specific, you say, if this is what it is to us and you instantly, if you're vibing, you feel part of that us. You're like, yes, thank you. You did that. You said that I'm on that fucking train. Fuck these old fogies, these dusty assholes. And like, there's just something very cool. And you, it could be the other way too. It could be more of like, you know, poison idea does it very well, you know, in uh, on the other end of the spectrum. But I think th- there's something about just, you know, having the confidence to just lay it out there. And that's why people react to it. It's, it's, it's kind of like, there's, you know, you've heard, you've heard youth of today, those songs are memorized. Then this one comes and you're like, I was waiting for that record. You know, I was waiting. It, it's almost like it's like written in your head and and it, it's it's almost like it existed before it was written. There's just something really fun about it. And I am going to take my own advice that I alluded to during the Bad Religion segment and sit down and get those out-of-breath bands out of my head and appreciate it one more time. Yeah, uh, and so- that line that we're talking about could easily be flipped on them <laughs> today. <laughs> but that's the beauty of what hardcore is. I also like how it, it kind of – the the chorus is not true till death, right? But you know he's that's they're gonna say that at some point in the song, and then the song gets really quiet, and then it's like true <laughs> till death. It's like yeah, and then just the, the, on the right on the heels of like the long drawn out death of declaration, I say yeah, it's called like right on the heels of it, just like ramming it down your fucking throat. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, he's not reading you your Miranda rights, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> no. This is a perfect, perfect mid tempo banger. It's the pulse is there. It's a perfect tempo. And Frosty a wrote slower, it. Frosty yeah, wrote a little it. a little slower, a little faster. It doesn't work. It's written by Frosty, my hardcore spirit animal. It's like two fucking notes. This <laughs> shit is ill and perfect. And Daniel, I hate you, but I'm gonna take. There is a difference which might be my favorite chain of strength song. I have to have something from here on there. And just the way this starts, the, I shall not be human. It's like, it's fast. It's ring outs. And it's like, he's kind of, he's not belting the way he can belt. And then it like cuts out. Like, holy fuck. Like there's so much dynamic here in a hardcore song. And then the breakdown part, it's like kind of like a, a bouncy beat with like one of the biggest sing-alongs like the, I should have, I should have tried like, Oh shit. Yeah. They just settle into it so nicely. And it's kind of like an unorthodox breakdown part, right? It's not like a, mm-hmm. it's not like a mosh part. It's not like a funky part. It's not like a, a breakdown part that like you normally hear. It's like this groove that you're settling into. And then they set upon like this, giant sing-along on top of it where good god i never got to see him thanks a lot everyone for not telling me about the secret show in orange county wish i was there um but yeah like if i heard this live i'm catching the hardcore holy ghost for sure like this is probably the one for me and true till death what and i love about now. this is and the- left down <laughs> what <laughs> i love about understand. this one is the the way that the vocals are done at the start is it's almost letting you into the introspection, you know, cause he's almost, 
it's not like fully formulated, like placed. It's almost like a ramble and it works so well. Yeah. 89, the birth of introspective lyrics, judge killing time, chain of strength. What's up? I love it. I would say minor threat have probably got some introspective (laughs) lyrics too. True, true, true. Uh, I also think one, one thing that, that is a little overlooked about chain of strength is that they went into this band with a mission statement and, you know, they were like into DC, they're into uh, Boston hardcore. And what they come out with is something that really doesn't sound like any of that. And so they, they were like, they were very purposeful. They're like, this is all the stuff we like, we're going to go do it. And in a, in a strange way, like by giving it all this space and making it kind of sparse, they did something totally different. Cause I, I mean, sure. If we were going to go, note by note, you know, structure by structure. I'm sure we could tie this to something because there's only so many notes in the world, but I do think they ended up doing something like shockingly original for, for something that was like, I don't want to say calculated, but just like a very formed idea of like, this is what we're paying. Like, this is what we're paying tribute to. This is what we want to do. We're bringing hardcore back. And then they, they ended up just doing something kind of new in a, in a, in a very simple way. Yeah, and also, you know, Bratton and and uh Ryan are coming out of of uh Justice League, right? Mm-hmm. So like they have intent, like they've been playing together, they know what's up, and like they have an angle of like the new band they want to do and knock it out of the park. Hells yeah. Now band. I feel like I feel like an asshole because I'm the only one who's not picking a chain <laughs> of strength song. That's outrageous. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> But seriously, what am I? Well, there are very, there are a few more very good Chain of Strength songs on this. Oh, what am I going to take? There's only three other perfect Chain of Strength songs. Exactly. There's only three (laughs) other perfect ass songs. Um, But the thing about 89 is it's just so vast and there's so many directions you can go. So I'm going to go with something probably no one else has, but fuck it. Who gives a shit? Nope. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna save that for later. I'm. I'm thinking out loud. I'm sorry. Um, Gorilla Biscuits forgotten. This is a song that was recorded originally for the 1988 New York City Hardcore The Way It Is comp, and then it was re-recorded for the Start Today LP, which obviously is a version I'm picking because it's 1989, not 1988, and. There are subtle differences between the two versions, and um, one of them is there are added guitar doodad lead type things happening. I imagine compliments of Walter on this version, and it's just an incredible song, and it's got that great echoey, will they remember yo, 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 me, 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 with the, with the octaves underneath. It's just fucking perfect. You awesome can't go wrong there. with Gorilla Biscuits. You really can't. No, it's an LP full of perfect songs. You got to be a total moron to not take a uh, song off this. <laughs> um, absolutely brilliant production on this song too. Like, kind of almost harkens a little bit back to um, No Thanks by Uniform Choice. It It has that almost vibe of the of the reverb ringing out on the vocal over as the riff continues. So great. Yeah. I love it. This is a great song. Now 
Pops, you want a GB song or are we passing? I'm going to pass. Woo! Oof. Okay, All right, remember that. Again. I'm not the so, asshole for not picking Chain. Can can we also just state the fact that as Pops passes, New Direction does not get picked for 89. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. Yeah, man, my name ain't DJ A-Side, you know what I mean? Like, come on, let's <laughs> Let's get into let's get into these records, you know. Dude, that's a sick name. Copyright that before this airs. All right. Um, do I get to pick now? Is that how this works? Anything you want. Yeah. So. Well. I'm going. I don't think we're going to build off this, but I do think it's worth mentioning that um, I'm going to go with off Margin Walker and the same by Fugazi. The reason I picked this song is to kind of contrast all this, you know, kind of like, I don't want to say straightforward hardcore because it's actually really progressive in the, in the realm of really like advancing the traditional style of hardcore with the breakdown, etc. What I picked this song for, I like the Fugazi songs where there's a little more interplay between Guy and Ian, but I almost feel like this was his redemption for, the cringiest minor threat song of all time that we all know where I'm going with that one. But I think starting off a tune that, you know, in 1989, like we really think about it, you know, yes, I know this is politically correct, but it comes to you spiritually direct. Um, I, I just think it's a really interesting song. I don't, it's not my favorite Fugazi material, but I think it's an important record. And I think it's important to look at a year through sort of like, through every um, everything that's happening, because at that time it wasn't that Fugazi was only playing shows sort of like outside of hardcore. They were still playing with hardcore bands. They were still considered a hardcore band, even though we probably dubbed them post hardcore now. I don't. But I think what's that? I regard them as a hardcore band. Yeah, I, I, th- I think like hardcore isn't about speed, right? It's about intention. And this song has like every intention. And I just think it's a very like, it's a, it's a declaration. It's a really cool, um, it deviates from, it, it shows a little range for them. And that's kind of it. I'm going to leave it there. But again, Margin Walker, not my favorite material, but still I think really important to mention that while you're having these songs about betrayal or straight edge, which are all valid and great and, and very vital topics, you have someone from a generation, a little generation prior trying to like expand the storytelling and do something with the same urgency that maybe hits some different um, topics and, and relays messages in a different way. So I felt like they had to be included somehow. So that that's my stab at it. And, and I can just see the smoke coming out of Zach's ears right now. <laughs> what, I'm on mute. Which dog song are you taking? Martin Walker itself? And the, no, same. Taking, and, and the same. And, and the, the same. same. You don't know the lyrics, Dan? What's up? No, I didn't hear <laughs> that part of what you were saying. No, he, he said the lyrics. and I mean, I oh, know okay. that shit. Never mind. Uh, all right, Dan. Do you want to take a Fugazi song off Margin Walker, or would you like to choose a hardcore song? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the Occam's Razor question. Um <laughs> There is a band whose initials are F.O. that had a record in 1989, if you want to take that, too, just so you know. True. (laughs) 
I'm going to take... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's on Discogs. Um, it's very difficult to, you know, leave Fugazi on my um, honorable mentions because I really do echo what Pops is saying in regards to I love to present, you know, almost a a varied approach of what kind of was out there in 89. But I've got to be real with the seven songs I need on my desert island that not including the ones that were stolen from me. Um, So I am going to say for taking alone in a crowd, is anybody there away from me? Zach, I will see you on the streets when you hide in your packs, you push, push. No, just kidding. I'm going to take Bringing It Down by Judge. Have yeah. to. I got to take I got to take the uh, the fact that we just talked about bands mentioning their own name in their songs <laughs> cuz Judge is on the move and we're starting today at the same year that Start Today came out. Pretty cool. But the breakdown v- lyrics on this are some of the best straight edge lyrics ever. Um, a beer, a joint, like a gun at your head. The price that you pay is the blood that you bled. The needle, the track mark, you're scarred for life. You're weak and you're hurt and you're gonna lose us. Oh God. This is titanium backbone core comes back again and this song will never sound you know like some we discussed earlier that some songs are going to sound a bit tired in uh 2021 because of the way that they have been um just out in the milieu of hardcore where this is going to sound to me as fresh and as hard every single time i hear it as the first time i heard it i fucking love it I'm going to echo that. If this record doesn't sound urgent, then you lost a step. The record didn't. That's how I frame it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And it is also giving a rounded story to straight edge lyrics that I urge many, many bands to really consider and do, um, you know, it, (laughs) It's, it's, yeah, it's harsh, it's hard, it's angry, but it's also talking about like, this is fucking ignorant to do this shit to yourself, you know? Like, to really become an addict. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, it's not anybody, it's not a lot of people's fault when they've gone this route and become an addict, but I just, you got to bring that hammer down sometimes, and this is fucking hard. And, uh, you know, talking to all those melted minds out there, this hammer in my hand is coming. Yeah. Don't let your mind melt like Dan's did when I took a loan in the crowd. This is great. <laughs> I love it. Dan, you've gotten me three rounds in a row, by the way. Um, yeah. Because I am going to take like you. Woo. Aye, aye, aye. Dude, so I saw Judge, I believe, pretty close before 
COVID hit. I think maybe in like October, November of 2019. And I saw him at the Shea, which is like, this is amazing. I get to see Judge play the Shea Cafe. Yeah, and Retaliate actually played. And, uh, and I was watching him and it was like, this is pretty sorry. Like, they're not that great. This is a bummer. And, you know, this happens. Bands get back together, and they're not always going to have on nights. And I feel like San Diego, for both Gorilla Biscuits and Judge, like, we're like the practice show. You know, they come out and play on a Thursday. They haven't practiced, so they're like, we'll just do San Diego and work out the kinks, and then we'll be good by the time we get to L.A., you know? And... It was whatever, and I'm not knocking that. I'm sure they were great the next night. I've played in bands for, you know, my whole life since I was a teenager, and I know that you have off nights and stuff. But regardless, you know, when we talk about the hardcore Holy Ghost, it's like I've watched several songs. I'm like, this is so mediocre and, like, not what I want from one of my favorite bands ever. But then it's like Like You starts with that long, drawn-out intro you know, with like the clean channel and shit. And then the way it comes in, you know, just like you, ah, chose a path and fought to make it work. It's like, dude, not to harp on it, but it's like, that is the hardcore Holy ghost, you know? And it's like, Oh my God. And I'm right up there in the mix. You know, it's like, I could not hold back. Like something grabbed me by the back of the neck. It was like, get up there. You fucking pussy, you know? And it's like, that's, that's what it is. Like, that's what it is. It's like, who is like the ghost of hardcore past, like grabbing me and chucking me up front saying, you'll regret <laughs> this if you don't have a good time, you know? And yeah. this song is so perfect. And this and the storm, this, okay. This LP would have been amazing without the songs, right? It's still like a near perfect hardcore record, but the fact that they go there and they have like those dynamics in the songs, it makes the LP so timeless, so good, so unfuckwithable. It's just out of this world. Dan, go ahead. I was going to say that the, you you summed it up perfectly. The fact that it has this musicality of an intro and almost drama of the intro, and then the staccato like hammering of the just like yo, it it's the juxtaposition of that makes it beyond urgent and beyond like it. it it's the tractor beam. It pulled you up to the front of the stage. Like you needed to be there. Right. I mean, just think about him, like the line, Oh God, I'm fucking lost. Yeah. Like that takes balls to write that lyric. Right. Like you're putting it out there. And like, this is like a dude that like has a reputation and like, he has the lyrics that are like a little on the edgy side. Like I'm going to fuck you up. I'm not going to, I'm not going to like be understanding to your plight. Mr. Guy smoking a joint. But that's, you know, but here, that's why this song is perfect for the the A side of bringing it down. This is the B side of, you know what, man? I Just like you, I look for acceptance. You know, I don't always do right. I'm right too. No, it yeah. evens it all out. And like, it's yeah. what makes it like a well-rounded special band, right? If Judge only does a seven inch, whatever, they put out like a near perfect hardcore seven inch. But like the reason why the band is so timeless and great and revered is because there's like this, there's like a depth to it. Like he, you know, like, like Paul bearer, you know, like there is like a poetry to it. You can like look on the surface level and just say, this is what it is. It's hardcore music. But if you like dive in, like there is a depth of vulnerability there, which makes it great. 
Yeah, oh, and yeah. A, mu- a musical vulnerability that I think I think a great a great memorable song is something that it takes a bit of a risk, and if someone else tries to do it, it's not going to be successful. And I think sort of like the dynamics of what you're saying is like I, I think the thing that people like about Judge is that it's this very alpha character who is very vulnerable and I don't even care about the mysterious part. Like that's whatever that's folklore, but you're seeing this like hulking person who is, is putting it all out there and not it's, it's, it's doing two things at once It's saying, this is the way it is, but also I question everything about my life and that's really powerful. And then to be like, okay, you know, uh, someone in the band who plays guitar has been listening to Testament. We're going to try to do this. That could go tragically bad, but it doesn't. It's rad. <laughs> you know, and like that, that's what makes these records memorable, that it has a balance of, you know, things that are true to their formula and things that stretch out a little bit and still work. Yeah, Dan, it is perfect. It doesn't fall off the stick, right? No. Yeah, the, the, the melty part inside is perfect the singe parts add to the taste everything is just perfect i like that lyric now i'm trying to find the things i fought to hide when i was young like yeah there's serious pain behind that man's eyes Um, also i've found things aren't i've found things aren't black and white i've lost things that were right in sight that's a fucking great line dude Mm -hmm. so good yeah it's like yeah it's kind of the musically kind of based on Metallica a little bit, I'd say. But like, did Metallica ever have lyrics? Eh, Metallica had good lyrics too, I guess. Some some of them, but this this is my team. Yeah, I mean, Metallica has good lyrics for teenagers, or if you're in uh, the army. Right. Ben, <laughs> are you going to take a Judge song, or are you going to give it? Up. <laughs> that's a good one um well the one thing yeah, i wanted yeah, to say yeah. before i do my pick about the song bringing it down is it totally takes a left turn at the at the breakdown lyrically it's about uh racism and then all of a sudden it's about like you're a drug addict you know you guys notice that it's like whoa what yes. happened <laughs> yeah i don't know about that man like i love it it's judge i've listened to this a billion times um but I don't know how that sits with me. Um, well, well, think of it this way. Think of it this way. He hates drugs so much that as much as he hates racism, he got sidetracked. He's bringing right. it down on both sides of the street. Good. This is the shit that makes him like see red and he's mad at, right? Yeah. Yeah, know. yeah. Okay. I, I've he made- doesn't always have to be a poet. He can sometimes like just roll with it. What's up? Hey, the poetry of that edge breakdown is fucking not my Walt Whitman. <laughs> well i graduated from a silver strand high and never never got to walt whitman ben you taking judge are you uh you starting this out again let's let's keep it poetic let's keep let's keep it uh new york and let's keep it revelation records i'm going with the jim morrison of the revelation roster matt bold and the song today we live that's off the self-titled bold seven inch and i I love this song. It totally has that acoustic intro like like you does. And it's got the the doors section and then it, you know, we don't know what it means to die. And then it 
breaks in again with the fucking shredding lead. How could I not pick it? I already have fucking Tom Capone on here with the with Beyond. So this is his next chapter of his story. How can uh, I not pick it? Says guy that missed on Chain of Strength and Judge. <laughs> um, um, and people in people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Guy who didn't pick a Gorilla Biscuit song. Um, so so. I love today we live. There is they were still in high school when they did this shit, and um, man, he, this guy's questioning his own mortality, and he's on spring break, senior year of high school. It's like I love it. I love the story, and I love the photo on the back that everyone makes fun of. Like fuck that, the people that who picked on me in high school didn't dress that way. I mean, maybe it's because I'm like you know four years older than or younger than those guys, but. Or whatever, eight years younger than those guys, but I think they look cool. <laughs> ben with the Nard High math, respect. <laughs> pops, you love pops. You love the seven inch, don't you? I'm a huge fan of the seven inch. Um, I'm trying to remember which song on this. Whoa! Sorry about that. My uh, headphones came undone. Which song has the Need a little more time, little more time. Is that this one? Yeah, that's this one. Yeah, that's fucking so great. It's so like, it's ridiculous, but it's awesome. Um, I love this record. It was one of those ones where, you know, it kind of like what Daniel was saying earlier, like, oh, don't listen to Quickness. That's the wild one. People told me, oh, that, that record sucks. And I listened to it. I'm like, this rules. Like, it has... Sure, there's like things that are dated about it. There's things that don't work, but as a whole, it's totally cool. And it's also totally cool that Bold did this and it wasn't a total like face plant. Um, so that being said, I think I can, it's my turn, right? And I can pick a Bold song if I want off the seven inch. That's right. Um, I just don't like people who are hateful. And I'm, I'm glad Matt, Matt Bold agrees with me and that song rips and it has this like, total avalanche part in the middle ripping solo i think if you think about the main riff right the tc thrift tc3 jammer of a riff there's a little hint of some some quick sandedness coming up in that in the in the main um like pull off riff but i don't know i think that it's it's pretty cool that they could make this song that's super powerful that has a bunch of layers that you know you take the vocals out, maybe it's a little dockany, but that's not necessarily a bad thing either. I don't know. It, it works for me. I love it. I love the layout of the record. And I think it, as much as we want these perfect stories, the imperfect stories are more interesting and things that you can go back to. And also anyone who doesn't like this seven inch play, play it, play me that song, rip like that shred like TC three. And then you, then you have a right to say it sucks. I don't so, like it. <laughs> but Something, i can't I, I can't shred like tc3 or steel uh <laughs> never mind yeah i mean i don't i don't i don't i don't subscribe to that logic i hate ingve malmstein and i can't even come close to playing what he plays on the guitar but i something cool about this riff is i saw um jason farrell at the grocery store where i worked and i said hey bold has a song called hateful that sounds like uh, the Swiss song Ghost because they both go and then Jason Farrell goes, we were just ripping off Aerosmith uh, Toys in the Attic. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh shit, they were. 
So I don't know if Bold was going Aerosmith or if they were going Swizz, but it all goes back to Aerosmith. <laughs> I think it's, I'm going to correct myself. It's less like, can you play it? I'm not coming from like, dude, you can't talk shit on Dream Theater if you can't play those tunes. I'm saying there's something inventive about it that is interesting. And the fact that you mentioned that Swizz has a similar song, like there's some, there's something going around in the ether that people were trying to push that was, that was interesting. It's like, what can we add to this formula to make it our own? And then you have, you know, some say Jim Morrison. I've heard other people say uh, Danzig. I don't buy it, but it's still, it's very, it's very cool. Like, like you said, Ben, to do that in high school, it's, it's pretty brave. Well, let me ask this. Who plays bass on this? Matt Bold. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I was going to say, why doesn't the bass player get any, uh, a chance to be in New Kids on the Block on the back of the record? Yeah, it's those three because the other two went on, went to like Cab- like uh, Cabo San Lucas or some crap <laughs> spring break area for spring break. And the rest of them are like, fuck that. We're hanging back and recording a masterpiece. And well, shout, out, we- shout out Rob Moran because he, he hates this uh, record. And I wore a bold shirt to... Uh, one of those unbroken reunions and I hadn't seen Rob Moran in fucking years. And he comes up to me and he goes, dude, bold, the band fucking sucks. And then walks away. And I'm like, fuck this guy, but we've made up. We're good. We're good now. <laughs> All right. So True story though, Rob, Rob bought the seven inch and threw it out of the car window. Um, or no, it was the tape, I think. But he, yeah, he, he bought this, was listening to it hated it so much he threw it out the car window before he even got home he told me that story in 1999 and he's like this happened in 1989 and i was on the 405 coming home from whatever record store i was at and i go do you remember what part of the 405 it was i'm all like maybe i can find it maybe it's still on the side of the road he signed it to roadside records yeah an early signing to roadside records but most importantly (laughs) 185 listeners you have permission from pops it's open season on Dream Theater. That band sucks. What's up? Dan, let's go to you for your next pick. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not picking bold. Um all right, it's really getting down to it now cuz this is pick 6. And I have four bands I have to get into two spots. And then I've got a m- bunch of other honorable mentions. I'm I'm fucking stressed out right now. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm behind you, and I had to follow you the last three rounds. I'm fucked. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna relieve you, so you don't have to go with this band because I have to have them on my list. Jules Massey is the singer. Alone in a crowd, when tigers fight. Yeah, have to have it because is anybody there got taken? So I gotta go with the. Uh, I mean, all four songs could have easily been taken. Um, maybe one of them left off for lyrics not aging as well. And I could have gone with the Edge jammer, but I've got to go with what this song does sonically. And I know I'm going to catch a lot of shit for this one. It's so fucking angry. It's so amazing. And then let's just say... Thank you to the drummer for hitting that ride symbol. Like it needed it. You did it. It's it's the chef's kiss moment because right. it, it, no it, it was it was low it was low hanging fruit, but it works. Yeah. yeah, Dan, explain what it is for the people who haven't heard it before they listen to it on the playlist. 
Yeah, so uh, he's like, uh, the streets for a ring and there ain't gonna be no bell to go ding. Bing! <laughs> but then there is a bell that goes ding. What yeah. do you know? There is one. <laughs> You're not gonna get one like this, though. Ding! And the funny part is that part of the ride symbol is called the bell, apparently, right? Correct. Um, is this the so, plot of Rocky Five? <laughs> I mean, essentially, yeah. Tommy Morrison or Tommy Gunn, uh, he better look out because the Jules Massey Stallone machine is coming looking for him. Uh, allegedly, this is about Richie Underdog, which is a bad mistake. Don't know if that's confirmed, but that's, you know, underlying rumor. Um, but all I have to say is. If I die in a few weeks, put me in some champion kind of American flag shorts, some Air Jordan 1s, put a schism shirt over a champion hoodie and just put me in a casket and cremate me because that's how I want to go out while this song plays. I want to add to that. I want to add to your cremation, though, that you need a healthy injection of work boots. Like, this is... This record is like the intersection of sneakers and work boot mosh. You know, it's like, I think it's the first vinyl. um, It's the first vinyl example of like working, like work boot mosh straight edge. Cause you got like breakdown members with side-by-side members. Um, There's something tougher about it. This song, it was one of those ones that I loved and then not, I don't know. I don't jam it as much, but I still think it rules because the whole seven inch is like a little story. And yeah, I mean, it's a great tune. The record's great. And I think it's almost underrated what having that little tougher element in there added. It kind of like, I don't, I don't know what's tougher than um, adamantium, but it's like adamantium plus spine situation. Yeah. And you like it's very interesting that you talk about the work boot core because what it essentially happens with the seven inch layout is it's almost like all four members got to put one part of the thing like okay i want this on the side a label all right i want this on the side b okay i'll choose the cover and you choose the back cover because <laughs> none of it is congruent at all it just doesn't speak to each other but it's so perfect in the way that it is that amalgamation um alone in a crowd seven inch carhartt behind, behind the the side by side seven inch is a, probably the second best hardcore seven inch well is it no, non-minor threat hardcore seven inch out there i'm gonna throw one thing into the mix that i haven't thought about until now isn't it strange that this didn't come out on a bigger hardcore label? Very, you know? <laughs> very. But th- I think there's, there's something about that, that they were so m- misanthropic against the scene, even the way he speaks, like at the one show, you know, on the videos, mm-hmm. he's just, it's almost like, I'm glad to be this outcast. I want to be the one mm-hmm. that's hated, you know, it's like, it gave yeah. it a little extra lore, like the project X seven inch too. Right. Yeah. Like, because either of those records could have, even if they came out, you know, immediately on whatever label, like they could have gotten repressed by Rev right away and it would have made perfect sense. But like, it just gives a little extra lore and God damn it. Pops that line was so good. I wish it was spoken on an episode that I could name it after instead of <laughs> super seven, 1989, like the intersection of sneakers and work boots. Good God. <laughs> that, 
That's but that's what it is. It's Super Seven, nineteen eighty nine, and then in a quote, like that's the subtext line. No, save it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna say that line completely unrelated sometime during a podcast, just so I can name the podcast that. <laughs> can we or can we just do a T shirt that just says nineteen eighty nine on the front and then that quote on the back? <laughs> sure, fund it and sell it. Just send me ten percent. All right, I'm taking. You didn't Adderley. come up with it. <laughs> yeah, hold on. That's my intellectual property that came yeah. out right here, man. I said it first. Hold up. <laughs> I'm taking Bad Religion. You off no control. Uh, yeah, it came down to I want to conquer the world in this. No control is a wild album. We we broke it down pretty good on a recent episode. We did one's got to go on the. The stretch of four great Bad Religion seven inches, or excuse me, LPs. In my opinion, I know Ben would include. How could hell be any worse? And maybe into the unknown because he's a fucking freak. But like, I'm talking about the main four, and it's wild. I listen to this album a lot, like in preparation for this, and I think Suffer and and Against the Grain are so much better. Like, I still love this because everything about it, like, it has that sound that like doesn't ever get touched again is bad religion writing all these great near perfect songs, but it's like, it's an LP like solidly of 8.5s. Like there's no filler and, but there's no high parts like suffer has or like against the grain. Like there's no modern man. Yeah. On but this, let me like, ask this then. Let me finish. Jesus. <laughs> there's I, no anesthesia. Like, I don't know. So I'm choosing one of the two best songs. Ben got the other one. Ben got the one with the lead, but this one is probably the best song. It starts out a little weird with like the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do on the bass. Like, oh, Jay's getting down. What's up? And then it just kicks in with the, there's a place where everyone can be happy. It's like just one of those, like that feel good in the pocket, bad religion shit that is like so perfect. You know, this song is, is near perfect all the way through. It's like, I would say I want to conquer the world and this are the nine fives on this record, maybe tens, you know, but everything else is right there at like the eight five nine. Dan, what's up? Oh, you just answered it. I, I, the reason I wanted to chime in on a timely aspect with what you were saying, if I thought you were saying the whole record just has 8.5s, because then I was like, there's a lot of tens out there from lots of other bands. But then if you said this is a 10 bad religion song, then of course. Yeah, I would say that this and. This and I want to conquer the world are, are there. Like they're nine fives or tens. But everything else is like that solid eight five. But it never really dips. Like there's no songs on here like below an eight. Like maybe sanity, but I just don't really like any slow bad religion songs except for uh the answer off generator. But uh yeah, I don't know. Ben, would this have been your second bad religion choice if uh you didn't get I Wanna Conquer the World? No. Um my alternates for Bad Religion were Billy and Big Bang. Ooh. Yeah. See, I like both those. I think they're both solid A5s. Like, I love the song Progress, and we talked that I think that the bridge on anxiety is like, it's one of my favorite parts of any Bad Religion song. But the song is just fine, you know, A5 song. But like that bridge back in to like where the, a quest for a classical goal, we end up all the same. Before it goes back to the chorus, like, good God, it's probably the best Bad Religion bridge there is. Um, yeah. So, Ben, let's go to you for your next one. All right. Let's see here. 
Uh, I've only got two choices left. I'm going to go with, um, well, there's an elephant in the room, and that is that this this year, or at least the people who are picking these songs are weighting everything heavily towards New York. New York is popping off in 1989. Um, so I'm going to try to counteract that by picking something from the Midwest. I'm going to go Treason by Naked Raygun off their LP, Understand. Um, Naked Raygun is a song, or is a band I I try to have use any excuse to talk about on this podcast. As our regular listeners well know, I think they are this incredible melodic punk band. I don't even know if you could call them hardcore. They rarely go into that uh, territory, but they're just this kind of creative inventive band that is heavily UK inspired, but they don't really sound like any one band from the UK. They're just sort of this anomaly who made all these great records. And this is another one of those bands that started in the early eighties and is still making records all the way towards into the end of the decade. Uh, Like the bad brains and like another band I have on my mind that I'm probably not, not going to talk about, but um, treason is just this great song and it's more than four minutes long. And I, I really, I'm allergic to long songs, but this is so good that it doesn't matter that it's that long. It's like an exception to the rule. And I really love how the song kind of it. There's kind of this down part in the middle of the song, and then this this guitar solo just busts through in the middle of it. It's like this emotional guitar solo, and the choruses. He he repeats the word treason a lot of times, and he could, totally could have put other words there in place of some of those. But the fact that he's saying it's like treason, 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 it's like that totally works. He did it right. This is an amazing band and an amazing song. Everybody check it out. Yeah. I am going to get into this band one day. I listen to it and I enjoy it and it doesn't grab me. Like, I think that, like I said, when I'm 50, like who's do and naked Ray gun, maybe my favorite shit in the world. Um, it's something to look forward to. Dan, what do you have on this? Well, Ben is giving you the perfect gateway. This song is the song to draw you in because this song is incredible. More uh, so than the, Oh, listen to that song. It's so good. Um, uh, I think it's a great pick and I'm, you know, Ben always loves to give this band shine and rightfully so. Um, and yeah, it is providing a bit more variety and pastiche to what 1989 does, even though New York is bringing the heat. Yeah. yeah. Pops, do you have anything on this? Yeah. Naked Ray Gun is a band. It, they're one of my favorite bands. I think what they suffer from is that they're, so you're talking about like no controls, like steady 8.5s. Naked Raygun, like if we graft out their records, it's like I'm having a heart attack. It's just all over the place. Because <laughs> when when they nail it, it's like, oh, that's the best song in the world. And then the next thing you know, you're like, oh, all right, that's not my favorite. Now, in the case of The Descendants, when they have these like shorter blast songs or like a jokey song, it almost makes the catchier songs more catchy. It works against Naked Raygun for some reason. Um 
Treason's amazing. If I was going to stay with this for my pick, I would go with the Sniper song, which is an amazing song off this record as well. I'm not going to do that, but I'm glad we're giving Naked Raygun some shine because they're just a phenomenal band and a band that, you know, every time I've seen them, I enjoyed it. They're super fun. They bring kind of a different energy. Um, and there's, you know, there, there's something, there, there's certain bands where they're very conscious that they're putting on a performance. And, and the early times I saw Naked Raygun, they had this swagger about them, whether it was like Jeff Pizzotti in some weird pinstripe pants or just how they presented themselves. They're like, yeah, we're the headlining band and we're fucking doing it. We're not unrelatable. We're not dicks, but we're also like, you paid money to see us. We're going to put on a good show. And that, that left a big impression to me. Um, should I pick a new tune or, or do we want to go any more deeper on the ray gun? Well, before you choose your sixth pick, Ben mm-hmm. mentioned an elephant in the room. And the one that I wanted to talk about was leeway born to expire being 1989. Cause some people might think it's 1988. Can someone jump in and clarify that it is 1989? To my knowledge, recorded in 87, uh, was supposed to be released in 88. They've printed the covers with a copyright 1988 date on the back, and then it didn't come out until the beginning of 89. So we're calling it 89 today, and if we are proven wrong, and it really ends up that it it was released in 88, we're still not – we're going to take it off the table if we ever do a Super 7 88 because – this is, you know what I mean? We can't do that. Do it twice. That wouldn't be right. <laughs> right on. <laughs> All right, Pops, let's go to you for number six. That was, thank you, Ben. Okay. Um, so, kind of surprised we haven't talked about this one yet. I think as much as like new things are happening, you always need a band to kind of smash the clock, reset it, start playing on their own watch. And when I think of this band, I think of how much they progressed so quickly and what they did in such a short period of time and how varied their music is. But for this exercise, we're going 1989, and it's kind of funny to write this song. At the, It's sort of the height of Straight Edge. You come in, you're a lonely edgeman standing in the middle of a giant X with your hands all solemn and you're just talking about the few and the proud. So I'm going turning point, the few and the proud. I love how raw this sounds. I love the urgency of it. Uh, it's skips. Vocals are kind of wild there. You know, there's a lot of different schools on like what, what your entry point to turning point is, whether you like the more melodic stuff. I like it all. I judge it kind of like, it, it's kind of like watching someone learn how to do their craft and there's something charming about every stage. I don't, I don't rank them. (laughs) You know, I'm not like, I'm not worried about it. It's just, I appreciate the whole canon. So um, yeah, I'm going turning point, the few and the proud, just because I think it was cool how raw this is and how as the bigger bands are, are kind of winding down, they come in with this urgency and that's kind of, it's kind of predictive, right? Of like, wait, we can always cycle this over just like chain of strength did just same, same thing, except these guys weren't as seasoned they hadn't been through the justice league cycle where they progressed to sort of a more emo sound and then said, hold on, we're going to, we're going to, uh, you know, wipe the dry erase board clean and start over. So that's my pick. 
God, that was a brilliant breakdown. Um, I have a song off the seven inch on my list, possibly, but uh, yeah, I, I love it. Uh, I'll, I'll just say the song to lose that riff on the beginning is like the ultimate, like bedroom shredder beginner riff. I guess when you like graduate from whatever I'm playing along to bad religion songs to like, Oh, I can like do tricks on my guitar without like, being a full wanker that it's like, Ooh, it's so good. I could listen to it forever. Like someone needs to sample it and just put it on a loop. Like I could listen to that riff for five minutes straight. You know, make it as long as a naked ray gun song. What the fuck? Damn. I love, I love this pick. This is on my uh, honorable mentions. Wasn't going to quite squeeze its way in, but I'm so glad it's in there. Um, I, I love the just the heartfelt honesty of because I'm straight, it's a trend to you. How could that be when we number so few? Like, we are standing against you know mainstream society so why why is that a trend like to do something like that um and then it also addresses the thing that you know like that happened a lot earlier but was still happening in hardcore and still happens today that some people feel insecure like you're judging them because you want to abstain from drinking and smoking and whatever yes you know we we like to joke about you know the bringing it down part and all of that and it's the titanium backbone parts but (laughs) this is really more how i feel about being straight edge it's like yo i'm doing something for me like don't don't feel like i'm threatening you and and uh antagonizing you or even judging you to an extent like just i'm just striving for the best Right. Yeah. That that's the same. Like you can, you can scale that in the same way of, of, you know, remember the first time you told someone you're, you didn't eat meat. Right. And it's like, they're so threatened by it. And you're like, I'm the minority here. I'm, I'm doing the thing that's the least cool ever. Why is that threatening? Yeah. And I'm it's opening just, it up. Yeah. 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 I right think on. it's brilliant. And I think it is a awesome uh, way that they went about being in this world of what you know look at other bands in 89 that are edge like the statements are a lot more underlined and exclamation points compared to this being a heart like open heart open hearted do you know what i mean it's fantastic Mm -hmm. turning point forever hell yeah all right let's go to dan for the heartbreaker round and see if he's true to himself by taking a sick of it all song, or if he's posing for uh, votes. <laughs> well, there are three bands that are gunning for this spot, and that's leaving so much other gold out. Um, Because this is in 2021, and I may have played this infinitely to death in my mind is why it's not getting on there. So this last pick is between Beyond Vitality and Outburst No Choice. And, you know, I came to this 7-inch a little bit late, 
in life. But God, I fucking love it. If you want to talk about work boot marsh meets sneaker marsh, Outburst does it. <laughs> uh, no choice is what I'm going with. Um, uh, and also <laughs> the line, don't think we're on your dick is in this, which, you know, sh- shout out to Kanye, who probably was a big on, uh, Outburst fan. And then I don't need your bitch. I'm on my own dick later on. Um, I love the, the, the typical formula that we love so much from hardcore where it goes fast on the verse and hits slower and harder on the chorus. Well, here, here it is perfected. Um, this is so hard. This has birthed so many bands doing this sound from your stop and thinks to your every band we can mention today that doesn't play infinite leads. I absolutely fucking love this. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a mean song, both in sound and also in lyrics. Um, it's <laughs> all you do is make me sick. Your hair, your face, your voice, like whoever this is about is being dragged <laughs> through the fucking mud. Yeah, that down. that dude is having a or that person is having a bad fucking day. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and this is the ultimate. <laughs> we're gonna leave you at the mall when we're all hanging out. Song. We pretend that we're your friends because we have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's so mean. This is the only guy with a car. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's so it was, hard. That's who it was. You're wondering who it was. It was like who used to drive outbursts to the mall. <laughs> Definitely, it's like, yo, uh, go get us in line at Taco Bell. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yo, Billy, can you go get us Orange Julius? Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, they're sneaking out the side door of Hot Topic. Um, <laughs> fucking dicks. I mean, this this song musically is so hard. I could have easily chosen Thin Ice. I recommend everyone listening to this to listen to the Miles to Go 7-inch. Um, it's it's phenomenal, NYHC. Um, and it, it just goes to show, like, as someone who's a lyric dude, sometimes, like, the juxtaposition of just insanely blunt lyrics with insanely blunt hardcore just works to absolute perfection doesn't it and yeah i mean there's different musics for different times right and like hardcore is a big umbrella it can be introspective or it can just be like gouge your eyes out what's up yeah and if you bring your hot shit attitude around me Lots of quotable lines. Like, Ben, what were, you were saying, like, some song was like Repo Man. Like, this might be in that category. Like, Repo Man ass songs. Like, everything <laughs> is quotable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another cool thing about Outburst is if you look at their seven inch, it's got their naming, like, graffiti art style lettering. And then the, the drumming is super kind of, kind of rapidy, kind of hip hopity. And yeah. Joe, the, Joe, the drummer of Outburst, is a really, really huge fan of hip hop music. Like he really knows his shit. And uh, and not that long ago, I was on a hip hop podcast with Joe, um, 
called Apartment 5B, and we were talking about mainly the the stuff that my book is about. But those guys know their sh- well. At least Joe knows his shit. I've never met the other guys in the band. The sound comes through, and you know, Ben, were you on that pod thinking <laughs> all you do is think you're bad? <laughs> I was on the I was on the pod thinking. Well, actually, I said it. I was like. Me and Joe, we know where all the hip hop breakbeats are. Like you, like I, we within hardcore music because we have this knowledge of all this music that your your standard hip hop producer has never heard before, unless they're crate digging so deep they found the fucking outburst seven inch. But well, that's that's what needs to happen is that hip hop producers need to find the youth crew Tom beat and build beats around that. Then my whole worlds will collide, and I will just like ascend to heaven in the uh, in a full like Jesus come to me moment. Well, I think about this a lot. I do it, dude. (laughs) I'm going to add one thing that uh, made me appreciate Outburst more, which I'm again I'm going to shout out one more time. The um, Blackout Records podcast is that I believe it's George, the guitar player. He. He was talking about like how he dressed and who he was in school and, and finding out in 2021 that he was a conscious Guido was pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, like he, like he knew, I mean, he wasn't hiding it. He's like almost wearing like a crop top in the front. He's in like all white. And he's like, yeah, I was, I was the token Guido in the band, whatever. And I think that's pretty fucking amazing. Is that, is that your tribe now, AP conscious Guido? I'm still in denial. I'm wearing a go- I'm wearing a gold chain and a pinky ring as we record this, but I'm still kind of like, no, I'm cool. Like, I'm not. Yeah, anyone that's, sh- anyone that's curious about the podcast he's talking about is called Mad at the World. So mm-hmm. check that out. Uh, Mad at the World. I thought they look, look like Menudo on the back uh, uh, on, and the and the front kind of. Do you get that Menudo vibe from Outburst? <laughs> not from the middle. I'm getting like, dude John Lennon glasses and like. Little shag situation. That's definitely not Menudo. You're right. <laughs> the the uh, the dude with the stonewashed jeans. When you first glance at it, it looks that he's wearing like a belly shirt because it has that dark line across the middle of it. But Wait, is that Ben Cook in the middle? No, okay, it's not. All right, whatever. <laughs> it's Young Go. <laughs> but shout out to the Def Jam shirt on the front. Yeah. All right, my number seven. I am uh, sticking New York. I am taking, dude. I'm not a big fan of live records, but I'm going there. I'm taking Sheer Terror, covering "Boys Don't Cry" from their live at CBGB Seven Inch, 1989. This song, when it comes in, you're like, well, first off, Robert Smith holds my hand, and I appreciate it because I'm okay with male affection. What's up? But uh, no, when this song comes in, when the singing comes in, it's like you think it's a gag, right? Because Paul Bearer's voice is like so gnarly on top of like, I don't know, because they do the they do like the part that was like the keyboard of the synth on the bass, but it sounds very nice. And then the verse comes in and it's like, oh, I'm sorry. And you're like, oh, my God, this is the fucking biggest gag ever. Right. But then it hits the boys don't cry. And you're like, oh, shit, maybe they're like serious. What's up? And then, like, the second verse comes in, and it's like he's still doing it. And you're like, I think this dude is sincere. Like, what's up? And by the second verse, I am so, like, hooked into this song. I'm like, this is the greatest thing on earth. 
Like they are doing a brilliant cover here. It's one of the greatest covers of all time. Like how do they replace the scene, the synth with the bass and make it work? And then how does this guy's voice like sit over all of it so perfectly? So like by the second verse, I'm just like, Ooh, I'm in it, dude. Like, what's up? Keep it going. I absolutely love this song. It's one of those things we, I can't live without. Like we talk about like truth till death. Like I can't live without it. I can't live without sheer terror covering boys. Don't cry. Dan, did you see this one coming? I didn't see it coming when I, when uh, you were saying live, I thought you were going AF, uh, CBs. Um, I don't know if that's this year. I think it is this year, but Discogs. I think it is, yeah. Discogs has betrayed me with many a choice. (laughs) I mean, it said In Control is in this year. Um, Well, In Control artwork. Um, I got to say that this is awesome. Like, this is kind of the East Coast answer to 99 Red Balloons, you know? It's kind of like taking – because these are the first forays into – core bands doing covers of things that don't necessarily scream any punk relation even though the cure at this point was very much a post-punk band and uh has that you know punkiness to it but it it's still very different i think it is an awesome choice i i'm i'm excited that you took it but you left off madball yeah, I, I left off Madball because it's not on Spotify, and I make my list for the people. I want everyone to be able to listen to everything. So, yeah, Drop Many Suckers comes out in 89. Uh, and Live at CBGB's AF is 88. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. Zach, do you also, like the Cure version of Boys Don't Cry, the original? Yeah, it's nice. Okay. It's a nice song. I love it. You know? It's one of the best songs ever written. It is amazing, I just, but I thought the, the, the no-sell on that from Zach was – you know, borderline offensive to his initial love letter to Rob, Robert Smith at the beginning of this. Well, I, I love Robert Smith and I love uh, Paul Bear. What's up? I would give them both hugs and never say rude things to them right before uh, I kick off a song. So, uh, Ben, let's go to you. Heartbreaker round. What is your number seven pick and which live sheer terror song are you taking? <laughs> this is going to be one of those ones where it's like, are you kidding? Is this a fucking joke? And it's like, no, before you cast your fucking uh, opinions in my direction, listen to this song and tell me it isn't amazing. Um, This is the first song on the first seven inch by a band who is known for being the biggest bros who've ever lived and ever walked the face of the earth. And they could very well be, this is Pennywise, and the song is Final Chapters off their 7-inch A Word from the Wise on Theo- Theologian Records. I never know if I'm saying that right. Um, I have a friend who hates Pennywise with all of his heart, always has, and I said, yeah, but listen to that song Final Chapters, man. It's before uh, Jim Lindbergh did the fake Greg Graffin voice, which he just stuck with from the first album all the way to now. It's like, doesn't sound like him at all. It doesn't sound like the, the, that 91 on voice that he does and listen to the music. What is it? Like, who are they drawing influence from? Maybe TSOL, maybe my friend here's early lookout. I don't know if that, I highly doubt that's the case, but, it's almost like all that 
awesome, melodic Southern California punk that kind of disappeared by 89. They're just bringing pieces of that back. And it's, I, I almost hear the damned in it. There's something rocking about it. It's, it makes me want to, uh, you know, drive a convertible to the beach. Sure. But, but it's also just one of the greatest punk songs that I just can't put my finger on where the hell it came from. Yeah. I love the first two Pennywise LPs and the first two seven inches. I don't like, except for them covering stand by me, which is one of the greatest circle pits of all time. Uh, I also want to say it was Ball of Destruction that came out in '89. Not dropping many suckers. Don't get at me. Yeah, I was I was about to correct you because it's on my honorable mentions. Fair enough. This is a a wild pick, Ben, especially when there's so much other things that are out there. But I I respect it. If this is a song that speaks to you, like, yeah, I love it. Um, I'm surprised. Either both you and myself didn't take anything by Op Ivy, but I'm surprised you took Pennywise over Op Ivy if you go in this lane. But say la vie. Yeah. Ben, Ben's heart is a circle pit, not a skank pit. All right. Pops, what Pennywise song are you taking? Or are you taking <laughs> a, a different. Well, Ben already took the one I was going to pick, so now I'm kind of stuck. <laughs> so I guess I'm, I'm going to have to pivot. Um, in all seriousness, this is going to, if you thought I picked a song that wasn't hardcore before, then I'm really going in on this one, but I can't, I saved this till my last pick because this is my mic drop situation, but I can't, there's no way in hell I'm going to pronounce the name of this seven inch correctly. I don't want to offend anyone, but I'm going with this. I believe it's the second Moss Icon seven inch with the song kick the can. For that song to come out in 1989 and come out of the hardcore scene and be drawing from post-punk and very generically, I would say, Joy Division, just to make it simple, but they do name-check that band quite a bit, you know? It's a, it's a really interesting song. It's kind of... It, it, it goes... It's almost like the chain of strength thing of, like, so many people try to mimic it and do a poor job of it. Or like a lot of the things we're talking about killing time, etc. But for, yeah, for this band out of Baltimore um, or Maryland to come out in the, the late nineties, the late eighties and come up with this really interesting sound. And I don't know, it's just, if you haven't heard it and you're into songs that sound a little brittle, maybe kind of talky vocals, but, with a sense of melody and off kilter beats. I just think it's worth checking out. And I don't know, I was almost in going through, like in, in just doing a little survey of what came out this year. I, I was tripping that this song came out in 1989 because it's kind of inspired by, you know, DC revolution summer, but they've said, you know, they were also into post-punk and they were kind of these kind of a band just stuck in their own little world where, they were getting informed by like the hated and bands that were big in their sphere that weren't big nationally. So yeah, I don't think someone's going to pick the A side on this one, but I'm going B side kicks, kick the can. I just think it's a, a really phenomenal song. I'd never get sick of it. Kicks the I've can. never heard this. I've never heard this band before, but I am stoked that it's on the playlist. Cause I'm going to check it out and that will be my starting point. Dan, do you have anything on this? 
Yeah, this is a band that uh, goes on to kind of um, inform a scene where emotion and taking a left turn is an encouraged thing. Um, yeah, obviously Revolution Summer like delivered a lot of like the opening the rib cage and showing the heart type thing and being expressive with your feelings, but this is a way of like being in- intellectually expressive um, and a little bit um, not as blatant. Um, uh, this is a, a band that is a big um, signpost along th- the road of what would become um, Huntington Beach Library Corps. <laughs> yeah, perfectly said. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I th- to me, it's like the missing link between um, you know Rites of Spring and bands like Current and Embassy and Chino Horde and all those like Council Kanasaka. Records. Yeah, yeah, the Midwest and the like the emo core bands, like still with the core, you know, like still clearly hardcore yeah. punk bands, but also emo, like though like still bridging. Life. Bridging the mid '80s to like the early to mid '90s bands. This is like this is the bridge between those two things. I I love Moss Icon. I think they're creative and super yeah. important. Hoover, Lincoln, Anasaka, Still Life, yeah, all all, all of uh, worshipped to the Moss Icon. Yeah, and I, and I also think one thing that's worth noting is that as much as they were informed by other things, they're they were a DIY band in their ethos and they weren't trying to like, they, they weren't trying to expand their sound in an attempt to get a broader audience. They were just doing their own weird thing that was, you know, influenced by, th- by stuff they loved, but it wasn't like a cash grab. It wasn't like, Oh, we're going to be more melodic. Cause they're, they're kind of a weird band. And, and I like what you said, Daniel, that I think there's, there's something very uh, vulnerable about their lyrics, but there's also something very vague about it. And I yeah. think, that that was kind of a new element to to introduce in where it's like I'm I'm putting it all out there, but I'm also adding this protective layer where you can kind of interpret it. So it's not as much like I feel this way, you should feel this way. It's 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 open to interpretation, but when you see the delivery of it, it's very heartfelt and it's not uh it's not so heady that it turns you off, you know? Yeah, and it it's an expression of art. Like this is a very artistic band, you know. Um, even with the the layouts and things like that, I think yeah, it's it's, a, it's the beginning of what I call architecture core. Like they mm-hmm. always have like ancient artifacts on the record covers in like stark contrast, black and white. You see that a lot in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the art direction of this, they look back to Peter Saville, but then some people who maybe wouldn't have looked back to that look to them for influence forward, you know, artistic direction wise. How much art can you take? <laughs> Dan, let's go to you for uh, your honorable mentions. Okay. Um, I'll keep it short and sweet, but Jawbreaker Equalized, Operation Ivy, The Crowd, Sound System, Jaded, Beyond Vitality, Breakdown, All I Ask, Doom, Police Bastard. Uh, okay. 
sick of it all. Friends like you, GI Joe head stomp. It's clubbing time. Push too far. Um, my, <laughs> all of them. I, I feel really bad not having sick of it all from blood sweat. Uh, not on my list. And I know Don is texting us right as we speak, Zach, to tell me I'm a dickhead. Um, Fugazi, Margin Walker, and song number one, Madball, Smell the Bacon. And uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll let other people say other songs. All right. Let's see what I got. Uh, from the Where the Wild Things Are comp, the best outburst song, The Hard Way. Also, <laughs> that Life's Blood song, Reckoning Force. So good. God. That's like, the catchiest like oi song that's not an oi song yeah god i love it uh save it all my life dri from thrash zone i didn't go there because they're not a hardcore band it's like fugazi isn't but uh the song thrash hard like a wild indian from out of space drunk and high on weed shout out to the 185 mile south patreons what's up instead this breaks my heart that no songs got picked uh will make the difference and feel their pain Two perfect hardcore songs, Love, Love, Love Instead, and Amen. that entire 7-inch, All Killer, No Filler, What's Up. Uh, the GB song, Two Sides, would have been the one I took. Uh, it is like the apex of Siv singing. Good God, he sounds so good on that song. So vulnerable, but not weak. I love it. Ben, let's go to you. Absolution, never-ending game from the New Breed cassette compilation. Uh, Rain, Worlds at War from the State of the Union Comp Discord Records. Sweet Baby, Year After Year. Uh, this is from the It's a Girl LP. They were kind of a Northern California lookout sounding band, but they weren't on lookout records. I think they were originally called Sweet Baby Jesus, and then they dropped the Jesus at some point. Government Issue, Strange Wine. Fugazi, Margin Walker. Fugazi, Indefensive Humans from the State of the Union Comp. Three, Swan Street from their Dark Days Coming LP and from the State of the Union comp. Soulside Bass from the Bass 1037 inch. Operation Ivy, any song off that album. Uh, Instead, I will try. Pitchfork, Saturn Outhouse 7 inch. I, I didn't even get to the point where I would have picked a song off that, but that's a great record. Against the Wall put out a 7 inch. Identify Me uh, that year. Uh, we lost Mike Madrid uh, not that long ago. Rest in peace, Mike Madrid against the wall. Super Touch, um, uh, Climbing Aboard from the What Did We Learn 7-inch. Uh, Screeching Weasel put out a 7-inch that year. Punk House, um, I had Turning Point 2. No For An Answer, a Thought Crusade LP. That There's a song, God, I can't remember what it's called, but it goes, I've spoken my peace, please do me, let me be. Whatever that Coming song's called. Coming the Frog Sings for him? <laughs> yeah, he, he does, but it's still good. Um, Brotherhood, uh, the No Tolerance for Ignorance 7 inch, and Words Ooh. Run Thick as Blood LP, great record. Carry Nation, Face the Nation, Head First Back in Control. Now I'm just naming records. Um, Blast, Take the Manic, Manic Ride, All Al- Alroy's Revenge. I had Moss Icon as, uh, as well. Uh, Fury, uh, The Resurrection 7 inch, that's kind of a Swizz off, uh, like a. Side project of Swizz. Swizz, the Hell Yes, I Cheated LP. I had the, your Poison Idea record. Jawbreaker, the Busy 7-inch and the Whack and Blight EP. Jawbox, the Bullet Park song from the MRR comp entitled, They Don't Get Paid, They Don't Get Laid, But Boy, Do They Work Hard, a DIY compilation. 
Chromag's Best Wishes LP, Crackdown 7-Inch, Unity Blood Days LP, Big Drill Car album type thing. The song is entitled In Green Fields and Firehose, Riddle of the 80s from From Ohio LP. And last but certainly not least, American Standard, the song Away from their Wonderland LP. Uh, Pops, if you survived the explosion that I edited in there halfway through, uh, what are yours? Yeah, I was going to say, now that re- uh, Ben read Discogs, I do have a couple things <laughs> left. Um, so if you haven't listened to Ron's band Hard Volume, the song I Feel Like This is one of the most, it's like the best example of a, it sounds the most like a tail and Black Flag song, but in a better vibe, a little chunkier, break down all I ask. Um PHC, not piss happy children on this release. The song Vigilante, it's a it's a dirge, it's a grinder. Uh, you can pick that up cheap. Uh, negative approach fans don't sleep on Laughing Hyena's sister. And I would say, if even if you're not like a graphic design metal cat or in that kind of like scratchy zone, definitely don't sleep on the Neurosis Aberration EP, specifically the song Self Doubt, which is like hardcore crosswit King Crimson or something that song rips. And it's, it's almost like in an, and it almost hits some AMREP kind of vibes, but then it also is very heavy and hardcore and not slow all the time. So I'll throw that in there. All right. And uh, Ben, let's go to you to sum up our lists and then we'll get on out of here. All right. So Dan has Gorilla Biscuits Competition, Leeway, Rise and Fall, Killing Time, Bright Side, Chain of Strength, True Till Death, Judge, Bringing It Down, Alone in a Crowd, When Tigers Fight, and Outburst, No Choice. Zach's picks are as follows. Alone in a Crowd, Is Anybody There? Poison Idea, Just to Get Away, Killing Time, Backtrack, Chain of Strength, There Is a Difference, Judge Like You, Bad Religion, You, Sheer Terror, Boys Don't Cry, live at CBGB. My picks are Verbal Assault, Anger Battery, Bad Religion, I Want to Conquer the World, Beyond, Effort, and Ancient Head, Gorilla Biscuits, Forgotten, Bold, Today We Live, Naked Ray Gun, Treason, and Pennywise, Final Chapters. Pops, his picks are Bad Brains, Soulcraft, Underdog, Back to Back, Chain of Strength, Let Down, Fugazi, and The Same, Bold, Hateful, Turning Point, The Few and the Proud, and Moss Icon. It's either Kicks the Can or Kick the Can, depending on what record you're looking at. Right. I love it. 1989, one of the best years of hardcore. Everyone pay attention later on in the week. Dan will post our list. You can vote on who has the best list. And uh, we love you all. We'll talk to you soon.